Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame, Eric Scopel with me as always. We've crossed over to the defensive side of the football on this series of previewing each position group going into the Oregon 2020 football season. And today we are going to go into the position group, honestly, that has the most anticipation, the most excitement around it in quite some time, and that's linebackers. But before we do, want to remind you guys, you can subscribe to DuckTerritory.com for as low as $1.995 there after that, or you can subscribe with an annual membership, save over $36 over the course of that year compared to the month-to-month rate. Your annual membership is $75.18. Both come with inside scoop, expert analysis, read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network, and you get CBS All Access all on top of that for free streaming platform, live shows, live TV, movies, on-demand, commercial-free. Can't beat that. Uh, if you can't subscribe right now, money's tight, you got other reasons, totally fine. There's two other ways you can support the show. One, give us a review on the platform that you listen to uh, this podcast on. Spotify, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Give us a review. That helps us. Second, make sure to click that subscribe button so you get notified and all our future episodes get sent directly to your listening device. Uh, You also have access to all our previous shows and we have over 350 episodes. I think last episode I said over 300. We have over 350 shows uh, that we've previously done on this podcast. So go back, listen to uh, whatever you want. We have a ton of stuff in our library for you guys to listen to. So Eric, this position group linebacker is one in which there's a lot of talent returning and there is a heck of a lot of talent entering into the picture. And it's a blend that's kind of created in my eyes, the most anticipated position group of 2020. I feel the same way. Um, Well, whenever we'll start here, whenever you have the two highest rated linebackers in the country as preps coming in, and a program like Oregon, which historically has never succeeded like this on the recruiting trail. I mean, these are, I believe, the third and fourth best defensive players to ever sign with Oregon in the same class. Just a couple, one class removed from Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, obviously not a linebacker, but just the amount of talent in that front seven and the anticipation of kind of thinking about just the top tier NFL talent on this team is, is different than what we've ever seen at Oregon. Uh, I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, you don't typically see a front seven where you've got three five stars potentially playing in it that just doesn't happen at Oregon and so that's part of why it's so anticipated but I I don't think it's just that like Matt said um I think I'm really excited to see Isaac Slade Matteo Atiyah take over as a leader on this defense and that's what he's been you know that's what they've said of him thus far in camp uh both Mario Cristobal and and Andy Avalos made a point of, of kind of acknowledging him as that leader Isaac himself mentioned he moved spots in the defensive line. He was playing the Mike position last year. He's now moving over to Will. Will is a position Troy Dye played, so he's replacing Dye at that position. Um, 
I'm excited to see what he looks like in a little bit of a different position and then also a role as a leader on this group because so much of that leadership went to, to Troy really for the four years he was here. Now it's time for somebody else to lead this group. Um, I'm excited to see what a Drew Mathis can be uh, also as a senior and as another a leader. I mean, one of the quotes this week that I thought was notable from, from Mario Cristobal um, was just talking about how these young linebackers are coming along and part of that has become is because of the leadership of Drew Mathis, you know, a senior who, you know, you could argue if a player was being maybe thinking about himself first, wouldn't need to help, wouldn't necessarily be motivated to help out a Noah Sewell or a Justin Flo or even a Jackson LaDuke, who's another one of these freshman linebackers. But Chris Bull made the point of saying Drew Mathis has shown a lot of awesome leadership doing that. Um, and so there, there's just a bunch of guys there. I didn't even, even mention an Adrian Jackson. Um, it's exciting to see him back. I know I shouldn't say we haven't seen him back, but it's exciting that we know he's returned and the athleticism and explosiveness that he possesses. So there's a ton here. Mace Funa, uh, another player here, that stud linebacker position, kind of a quasi-defensive lineman linebacker who showed a lot of great things as a true freshman a year ago. So there's a ton of players here, a ton of things to be excited about. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm curious just to see how this plays out. I think you can pretty clearly say Adrian Jackson is holding down I guess it's the Sam linebacker position, that outside spot that we saw Lamar Winston in last year. You can pencil in, or right, I would say almost in, in ink, you can write Isaac Slade, Matatia at the wheel spot. And then it's the, the Mike spot, and I guess maybe that stud spot, or although I would say Mace Poon has probably got a good handle on that stud spot. So maybe it's really just that one inside linebacker spot that's open, and then you've got guys like Drew Mathis, Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, Jackson LaDuke. And the last one here is, is Sam Sanu going to be a part of this team? Um, right. There's a possibility he's not, but if he is, he's going to be in that conversation as well. What do you think of the decision to move Isaac Slade from the mic to the will? Um, I, I, he shared that nugget this week with us, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, this was a guy that Oregon last year moved die to the, to the weak side linebacker spot the the will and had Isaac be the one to call the plays and he worked at the Mike middle linebacker position um and I thought that was a pretty big tip of the cap to Isaac in terms of the trust that the staff put in him because Die kind of held that role the previous mm -hmm. two seasons and Isaac flourished was I thought one of the best defenders uh, on Oregon's team last year which was one of the best defenses in the country. Um, the decision now to, to move him to, to die spot opens up another position where now someone new is going to be calling plays. And that makes me think, I mean, that could be Drew Mathis, maybe a senior. It could be maybe an MJ Cunningham who's a sophomore. Or we, we could see a true freshman be asked to make the calls, whether that's Justin Flo or Noah Sewell or maybe even Jackson LaDuke kind of almost makes me think that a year at that mic spot for Isaac and then potentially now for one of these younger guys is, is beneficial from not just in terms of them learning something, but from a leadership perspective, Isaac said one of the things that he felt he knew he needed to work on was that vocal leadership part. And you kind of are forced into that as the person making the calls, right? I mean, it's kind of hard to shy away from that because right. if you do, you're not going to be very productive. Like if, you, if you're, if you're not able to be vocal and communicate what's happening, there's an adverse reaction on the field. You, 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 the, there's not the right communication. Players make, you know, make the wrong reads. They don't understand what they're doing. 
Um, and so I, part of me thinks like they saw, they wanted to say, Hey, Isaac, we know you're kind of one of you're, you're going to be the next lead. You're going to be the leader next year. There's a lot of youth. Why don't you call plays this year? And then next year we'll have you move over and replace Troy. And now they're setting up something similar here for potentially a Justin Flo or a Noah Sewell of, and I, and I think I'm not going to be surprised at all, by the way, if Drew Mathis, similar to what we saw with Gus Cumberlander a year ago, um, starts the season as, as that player, by the way, making those calls. And then we see, and again, I hope it's not because of a season ending injury, like we saw with Cumberlander a year ago, um, where Kayvon got his shot from that. But I wouldn't be surprised to then at some point over the course of the season, see a swap there and see one of these true freshmen uh, take that spot over. And again, if they're in that spot where they're calling the defense as a young player, I would imagine that has potentially big gains down the line. Maybe it also sets you up for some, some mistakes this season, which is maybe an argument for, for not playing one of those guys there, but everything we've heard from Mario Cristobal and Andy Avalos about these two true freshmen, and we've heard a lot, um, has just been that they're awesome. And it's not just the physical stuff. It's, it's, it, it is between the ears, which is a big component of playing these positions. Other things that stand out to me is this is really flown under the radar, I think, for Duck fan. Because, look, naturally everyone looks at, whether it's football or anything else in, in life, you always look kind of recency bias. You always look at what, what is new, what has arrived that's new, and you get excited about that. And sometimes you forget about something that, you know, was, was good one year ago, two years ago, or three years ago. And Adrian Jackson was a true sophomore that was supposed to start at an outside linebacker spot for Oregon's defense last year. He got hurt week one, or he got hurt in the practice leading up to week one's game against Auburn out for the year. And you talk to coaches, they rave about the now redshirt sophomore, Adrian Jackson, six foot three, can play inside, can play outside. Uh, Andy Avalos, linebackers coach, says he's got an insane quick twitch, which meaning he's very, he can move very quickly, you know, in a, in a, in a heartbeat in one direction and go and then change directions and, and go quickly the other way. Um, very athletic, very smart player. He played 12 games as a true freshman. He had started to uh, in 2018. I think this is going to be a guy potentially where. Look, Mace Funa brings a lot of attention. Isaac Slade brings a lot of attention. The two five-star freshmen and, and Noah Sewell and Justin Flo have certainly brought a lot of attention off the field. Uh, off, I should say during the offseason for this linebacker core. Everyone's focused on kind of those four guys. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Adrian Jackson ends up having like a top three linebacker year of this, for this team. I wouldn't either. I've been really high on Adrian since he got here. The we mentioned the high school safety. Uh, I, I think I said this before. Either he was sub eleven and a hundred, or he was just over, he was just above that. He was either like a ten nine or a eleven one kind of guy, and that's great speed. And talk about somebody you now who's two hundred thirty five pounds. There probably has to be a little bit of a concern about just kind of how his recovery from a foot injury if that's impacted his explosiveness or not. We haven't had a chance to see him, but everything, all indications so far. Um, have been really positive. There's a quote from Mario Cristobal from Wednesday. Uh, Watching Adrian grow mature, and now he's at the point where he has the opportunity to prove himself as a guy who can be consistent and depended upon. He's, he knows he's got an opportunity, and it's going to be up to him to do so. I feel, I feel he's going to do it. 
also just love to hear uh, Coach Cristobal empowering his players um, any opportunity. I think that was one of the great things we saw this week. That's just a little aside, not necessarily linebacker-centric, because he touched in every position group, really, um, when we spoke with him. He wanted to make sure that there were players that weren't going to necessarily get the publicity because there's nobody in practice as media. Um, and he wanted to just acknowledge some guys that have been standouts. And Adrian was one of the guys he mentioned. And I'm with you, Matt. I- I'm going to be curious to see. Um, exactly what the role of this position is. Last year at times, it was not on the field all that often. The position, at least the same position that we think he's playing or the one um, that he was playing previously under Andy Avalos' defense. Um, it is also notable that the, the teams, and we mentioned this on the Defensive Line podcast a couple of days ago, they're the, most of the offenses Oregon faces this year, at least in the six-game schedule, are going to be closer to a pro style than, than a spread kind of you know, air raid offense. And that could be a thing that actually benefits Jackson where they might be playing um, a different, you know, different personnel packages. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to see him. He's a different type of player than what Oregon has had the last couple of years in terms of he's extremely explosive, very, very fast running um, sideline to sideline. And and I'm sure North and South as well. um, If he has to run somebody down. So a guy to certainly keep an eye on. And I think as somebody who like, we've only seen him, I know one season, but I feel like he's got some real NFL potential. Um, you look at the NFL and kind of the outside linebackers. I know he's six, three, that's good height two thirty-five. That's great size for somebody with his sort of movement skills. We should note that there is another freshman that has drawn some pretty impressive reviews since spring ball. Um, I think everyone's been focused, and rightfully so. Look, you signed the number one, the number two linebackers in <laughs> yeah. the country, two five stars, you know, two of the, the, I think, four or five best players ever signed by Oregon, and Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. People are going to are they're going to focus on that, and and we're going to want to know as much information about those guys and how they're progressing and what they're doing and yada yada yada. Like that that that's going to move the needle. But Jackson Leduke has also been a guy, another true freshman a three-star inside linebacker, has also drawn some pretty impressive things from, from coaching staff, from players, from the four spring practices. And, and now, now that the start of fall camp, he continues to be brought up. Cristobal brought him up. Uh, I think Andy Avalos brought him up as well as, as a guy that just feels like a dude that's going to that's gonna make plays. Don't know if he's going to play a ton in 2020 as a true freshman, but it, it feels like early on – what we're hearing about Jackson LaDuke is pretty positive. Yeah, he was, I mean, he's been, again, it's really easy to focus on these two five stars, but Cristobal and Avalos have both made a point of at least including him um, in, in the conversation of like, these guys are impressive. Uh, the quote, um, there's another quote Cristobal gave earlier. Uh, uh, I mentioned it actually about Drew Mathis and the leadership. And, and part of that quote was, you know, mentioning Noah Sewell, mentioning Justin Flew, but also men- mentioning Jackson LaDuke in that group of guys that are young that have been making some really big plays as true freshmen in practice. And I- I'm with you in terms of I don't know if there's enough playing time really for him to really see the field much. Part of that maybe is impacted by what happens with Samson New. We should know if Samson New doesn't play this season. That changes um, things. That, thing just, that kind of changes the complexion here. There would be then six inside linebackers on scholarship on the roster given that it's a COVID season and injuries that happen during a season, LeDuc might be somebody that would be forced to play a little earlier. I think Samson, and again, we asked Mario on Wednesday about the update there. There wasn't one. That's something to certainly monitor. Samson would, would, would certainly be ahead of a player like Jackson on the depth chart, given that he's one of two seniors from this group. But 
very curious to see what Jackson LeDuc can provide. Again, he does get overlooked. I thought his high school film was really impressive when we were doing the evaluations and, and watching all of that stuff last cycle. Um, another big athletic linebacker. And, and again, it's, we talk so much about what Andy Avalos has been able to do and Ken Wilson have been able to do kind of building this defense from like a coaching and a schematic perspective, but the recruiting they've done now in these, in these couple, last couple of cycles I think are going to start really, really paying off. And it, I think there's going to be immediate dividends. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be Jackson LeDuc being a star right away. If he is, boy, <laughs> that's pretty impressive <laughs> considering who's above him on the depth chart. I think go, going back to what I said about, you know, recency bias and focusing so much on true freshmen, what you, you, you watched the defense all last year. That When we go to football practice, you and I, I focus on the offense. Uh, during practice, you focus on the defense. And, and there are days where one of us will gravitate towards the other side to watch with, with the other to help, or you know, maybe we swap up for something, or sometimes we've, um, you know, one of us hasn't been there, so we've, we've watched. Uh, but I know in particular, defensively, when I have a question, I think first and foremost go to you because you spent the most time watching this group. I'm real curious to, to see what a year in the system has done for redshirt freshman Isaac Townsend and Trevin Maai, because these are two dudes that showed up last year that were a little raw. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they needed physically to, to, to get bigger, faster, stronger, but you could see the mold that it, with given time and a commitment to, to off-season training, these two dudes physically could turn into some freaks and could really impact the defense. I think Maai in particular, as a freshman, you just looked at him and thought his body's not ready. You know, he needed to add some weight. He looked lean, um, showed the physical tools that made him, I think, a pretty enticing recruit um, out of Nevada a couple of years ago. I guess it would have been in that, tw- yeah, in that 2019 class. Um, long-limbed, very explosive. But, yeah, he was, le- he was leaned out. And you saw it for both he and Isaac, who are, I think, contending for stud spot. Isaac also maybe as a potential backup for Kayvon Thibodeau, as we said um, on the last show when we were talking about the defensive line. But those two guys, yeah, last year, honestly, they didn't jump as much as, you know, they didn't jump that much just because I thought physically they were both clearly a ways away. Um, at stud, you had Bryson Young there who was getting the first team reps and you had Mace Funa who was getting the second team reps. And that was kind of an afterthought of what the rest of it was, to be honest. And now they're both going to be asked of, a lot of, I think, or at least have a chance to be. I think Trevin in the spring was, was backing up Mace Funa at that stud spot. Again, I thought physically he, he looks com- – he's impressive he's put on some weight and now you see those physical talents paired with a 250 pound frame when he was closer to 235 last year um and he looks different so you're right i think that's that stud spot probably gets overlooked a little bit in terms of like what talking about it just because again these inside linebackers are really exciting there's some more question marks there i think we can basically write mace funa's name on in, in ink that he's going to be starting at this spot. So there's maybe doesn't it kind of lacks the allure of the other spots because there's not as much mystery, but uh, Trevin, my as a depth player now as a red shirt freshman or an Isaac Townsend as a red shirt freshman getting some snaps there. It's going to be exciting to see what they can do. Both similar body types, both long and athletic and rangy. Um, I think good fits for that spot and it'll be interesting to see how they play. And, and one other player who we haven't mentioned at all so far, um, who's also playing stud, reportedly at least, because uh, we, we haven't been at practice, but this is where we believe he fits in, is, is Jaden Navarrete. He's a, he's a four-star recruit 
um, in this 2020 recruiting class. We've already mentioned the, the other three four-star or five-star um, members from that class. Um, Navarrete, similar to the other guys, I, I think with him, may, probably does, I think, physically need a little bit more time. He's listed at 6'3", 245, so it's bigger than what the other guys were. Um, a player that was an athlete in high school, I think initially people thought he might be a, a big-time wide receiver recruit, ends up being um, a defensive recruit. Uh, yeah, I'd be very curious to see kind of what he can provide this group. Now, I'm curious. Let's end the show here. Um, this group lost Troy Dye. It lost Lamar Winston. Bryson Young was gone as well. Um, some, some big names, some key players over the last few years. Troy Dye will go down as one of the best linebackers in program history. As it should. And yet, I, I, I think um, – this position group, though, has continued to take a step forward and is viewed, in my eyes at least, as, hey, yeah, there's a lot of freshmen in this, in this group, but they should still be better than what they were in 2019, but this, this year in 2020. Uh, it's hard for me to say that I expect them or they should be better because when you lose a guy like Troy, but I certainly think if you just remove the names and, and the experience that they've had from a talent perspective – I don't think there's any question that the future and maybe even it's going to be in 2020, the ceiling is really, really high. I mean, again, Oregon does not have players like Noah Sewell and Justin Flo on the roster frequently. And those aren't even the only big time recruits. I mean, Max Funo may have been a five-star if not for that knee injury that forced him to sit out as a senior. Adrian Jackson was a big time recruit as well. Um, uh, I guess Isaac Slade, I think was also a four-star recruit, a lower end four-star recruit at high school. But I mean, this is a super talented group. And uh, I, I, well, I don't know if I want to set the expectation that I expect them to, to be better like immediately or I think they're going to be better in, 2019, or in 2020 than in 2019. It's not at all crazy to say that from a talent perspective, this is the most, based purely on the recruiting rankings, the most talented group Oregon's had. And it's just going to continue to be that way over the next couple of years when they add, continue to add other players that are four and five star recruits. And we started seeing that in 2021 with some of the additions that they've made there. Um, and frankly, we, we've already started in 2022 with the youngest uh, Winston brother committed another big time in state four star recruit. So I think the upside of this position group long-term, very, very exciting. And I think you're right in the short term. I'm not going to say, I think it's going to be better than in 2019 right off the bat, but the ceiling is super high. And by the end of the season, and you kind of think the cream maybe rises to the top here. I don't want to disparage a Drew Mathis, who I think is a very valuable senior member of this group. But eventually, we're going to see a lot of Noah Sewell and Justin Flo, and I think that's going to be really, really exciting to watch. And I'm not going to be surprised by the last couple of games of the regular season when they're contending for that conference championship. If we're kind of starting to see Noah Sewell and Justin Flo making the impacts that we saw Kayvon Thibodeau make when Oregon was playing those games late in the season, think back to the Utah game, and, and I mean – I know they won that game handily, but boy, was Kayvon Thibodeau awesome in that game. It's going to do it for us here on the Austin Audible's podcast, previewing the linebacker position. Look forward to releasing that position group preview. Oregon's DBs, we'll discuss them uh, coming up tomorrow. So a lot to get to on the show in the next couple of days. Special teams will be after that. And then the season will be just a little bit closer. Hopefully you've will feel after the series is done a little bit more informed, a little more prepared for that Oregon 2020 football season. 
you want to support the show, there's a couple ways to do so. The most important and the, the most impactful way uh, is by subscribing to duckterritory.com for $1 for your first month, $9.95 thereafter that, or you can go the annual route, $75.18 one-time payment, save over $36 compared to that monthly rate. Both give you inside scoop, expert analysis, read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network, and you get both options to give you CBS All Access for free, live shows, movies, on-demand features, streaming TV through CBS All Access, free, included in your price for both those options. Two other ways you can support the show that don't carry monetary value if money's tight and you can't afford it right now, that's totally cool. One way, give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever, uh, give us a review on that platform. It helps us get seen by more people, uh, builds our reach up a little bit, ranks us higher up on the on the chart list as well. That's always helpful. And secondly, uh, make sure to, to click that subscribe to podcast button. That makes sure that all our episodes are uploaded to your device. Whenever we post a new one, you get notified. You immediately get access to the shows. Uh, you can go back and listen to all our previous episodes. We have over 350 episodes on in our library. You can go right now and, and listen to our entire preview series on our library of uh, running through quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, tight end, D-line, linebackers. Tomorrow you'll get DBs. Uh, you can go through the whole list, get yourself ready for the 2020 football season. So that would be greatly appreciated if you could do any of those things. Uh, and for Eric... I'm Matt. You've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks.